Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breaking Ground, Eisner Amper's podcast on the current mural estate market. I'm your host, Sarah Brand, and I'm joined here today with Jonathan Glick from IncuCap. IncuCap is a company focused on entrepreneurial managers in the real estate market. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. It's great to be here. So tell me a little bit about IncuCap and how you got started, and, and tell us a little bit. Our business is a one-stop shop for uh, entrepreneurial real estate investment managers. We are a strategic advisor and principal investor um, focused on working with up-and-coming real estate platforms across the real estate industry. Um, we have three core aspects of our business. Our main business is um, institutional capital raising. Um, we specialize in partnering with middle market uh, entrepreneurial real estate firms, um, You know, typically what the market calls emerging managers. Um, our typical uh, fund client is a 200 to $500 million institutional uh, investment manager. Um, and um, we work with uh, managers younger and earlier, I'd say, than, than, than many of our competitors in the industry. Um, our other two business lines um, are um, executive search, um, a, as well as a principal investment arm where we're seeding uh, early stage managers and partnering with them, um, as we like to say, uh, partner with two guys in a truck and, and provide a fleet early on to help them grow. Um, really, our whole business has created an ecosystem around what we look at as really three core competencies, um, capital, people, and institutional best practices. And um, each one of our verticals actually represent that, um, our advisory arm, our search arm, and our principal investment arm. And what we feel is provides a competitive advantage to each vertical is the fact that we bring each one of those three core competencies down to each execution vertical of our business. So I'm really into it. I'm entrepreneurial. I want to get started, right, in the real estate group. And I come to you and I say, Jonathan, tell me everything I need to know. What do I want to know from a, a real go-getter? I want to dig in, build my first building, do my first deal. What, what would you suggest that, that I take a step back maybe and breathe? Um, well, much of our business is really a, a, a focused on partnering with institutional managers. So I'm going to uh, answer this question from the perspective of the aspiring institutional fund manager. So that usually comes in two buckets. Maybe that's a group that's been an existing operator that's been building the business, developed the track record in a certain sector, or um, you know something that we are seeing today more and more of, of spin-outs from a larger firm um, and you know being the... Um, you know, next generation, um, you know, the leadership of that organization that's now going out and creating a new platform. Um, in terms of, um, I think one of the things that is most um, relevant for that up-and-coming manager is really answering the existential question of um, why... Um, you know, why is there a need or a role or what void in the market is that person going to fill with a strategy? And then two, um, you know, is, is truly understanding what um, is, uh, what goes, what entails to being an entrepreneur, right? You know, and I think that that's something that is very relevant um, even in my own business. You know, I started my business 13 years ago um, and, um, you know, it requires a lot of, um, a lot of hustle, a lot of grit, um, and um, you know, 
ups and downs. That entrepreneurial iceberg is a real thing. And often people who are at firms or, you know, if you're going into the fund business, you know, as you know, right, going from an operator to a fund manager are two completely different worlds. Um, and it creates lots of opportunities for EA to, to provide additional services to those operators, as you know. Um, but, um, you know, it's a big step. So understanding what that is and stepping back and then understanding what um, other capital opportunities are there at, that exist for someone who's either starting a firm or thinking about their next step of growth. Because, you know, we get a call every day if someone says, I want to go raise a fund. Um, and the first thing I will tell somebody is, um, is ask why they want to raise a fund and tell them not to go into the fund business because there's so many more, um, you know, challenges and there's so many more um, components that go into being in the fund business as an institutional investment manager than just being a real estate operator. Someone calls you and says, we want in, we were looking to do this. What's the timeline of, of really sitting and spending time with them? to get them from, from soup to nuts. Yeah, so I think it's one of the things that makes our, um, our process a little bit different. Um, for us, um, we, um, we underwrite everything as if we're making a personal investment, and we are, because whether or not we are um, you know, actually investing in a client or investing in a deal with someone we're working with, it's an investment of time on mine and my own team's business, and it's time away from my family, or it's time you know, in the office, and it's time with that manager. So it's all about relationships. It's all about people, right? That's that's real estate, as you know. And, you know, we're going through that underwriting of, you know, is this someone who can, you know, is someone we want to be a partner with, right? So we are going through a thorough underwriting. And when we look at an underwriting, we're really trying to understand marketability, investability, and character as someone we want to partner with. So um, that underwriting for us takes a long time. We are going through the same underwriting as an institutional investor might, and making a blind pool commitment to that team and company for being the CIO of an investment company, right? Um, we, looking back, I have some clients that we've worked with that um, we've done an underwriting that's taken three months. Um, some groups we were talking, we've talked to for 11 years before we're actually working with them. Uh, that might be the longest. Um, and, uh, but I'd say for the majority of clients we've worked with, we've probably talking to them off and on for a period of five to seven years before we actually go out and work on a fund with them. So that's a big component of the business. Um, the irony is that, you know, I think one of the things we're doing differently on the executive search side of the business is actually the same thing, is we're looking at doing a, what we call a principle-oriented approach to search, right? And, you know, we are encouraging both the company who's making the hire as well as the candidate who's looking for a job to go through that principal underwriting of the opportunity, right? The candidate of the company, the company of the candidate to say, um, you know, what is unique? You know, it's the same if you were basically taking the approach of writing your own investment committee memo, right? right? You know, all those factors, um, you know, are very similar, right? So I always tell people who, who are looking for a job, treat your job search like you're underwriting a real estate deal. Now that makes sense. Your biggest, your biggest investments yourself. It, it's interesting because right now in, in the world that we're in and hiring people and finding the right match um, in an environment, it's great to sit there and say, put together not just your resume, but your story, right? Like what's... What, All what's about your, the story. Yeah, what, who can you connect me with? You know, what do you bring to the table? And, and I think one of the most interesting things today is really you know, where we are going in the sector because I started my business 13 years ago. Um, almost on a fluke, like many entrepreneurs, um, I 
um, had a real estate networking group in Chicago, and I was talking to a lot of my peers who were thinking about spinning out, starting their own firms, and I was taking a lot of them under my wings and providing a lot of guidance, and at some point I drank my own Kool-Aid. Um, and the whole idea was saying we're going through a um, market opportunity post-GFC. You know, the opportunity costs are lower. Now's the time to go out and take a little bit of risk. Um, and we're here again. But there's one big difference between today and the GFC, and that's actually we are going through a generational transition in the real estate business as well as a massive rep repricing of the markets at the same time. So now is a better time than ever to A, get in the industry, but also think about starting your own platform or taking a little bit of that risk because we are seeing that on all levels. We are seeing that as institutional investors are saying to us, you know, we've been an um, investor in X fund for 20 years. We're not sure about that company's generational transition plan anymore. So therefore, we're looking for the next talent, right? We're seeing that on the talent level where there's questions about, you know, what, what the companies or, you know, the next generation of the company will look like or people retiring and things like that. A lot of the leaders in the real estate industry are, you know, have been in the industry post since the 90s. And they're at the later stage of their careers in many cases. So now's a great time to be, you know, thinking about that next step. And, you know, one thing that is clear if you look at history, um, if you think about the groups that you and I both, both work with and our networks in the industry, is all of the great real estate companies out there, most of them have actually been formed or were created in a down market as we're going through some type of a transition in the cycle. Yeah, it's an excellent point in the fact that what's happening and, and – um the downward that can just trajectory us back up into a great spot from the real estate side of things, right? Um, from the opportunities in the marketplace, do you have a source like yourself to really give that foundation to make sure we're getting, checking all of those boxes to step into them? It's hard. I mean, as with anything, you're, you know, you, it's when you step in a new job, when you step into raising a fund, you don't know what you don't know. I think it's one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, and it's a lot of work and a lot of effort and it's a lot of persistence and it's a lot of, you know, it's years, right? Nothing is, you know, the, that's one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, in the capital raising market, right? In that, um, you know, we often have people calling us saying, we want to raise a fund. Well, so-and-so raised the fund um, and, um, you know, they might be a mega fund. They, you know, they, they, it's a different, you know, it's a different process, but it takes a lot of time and effort and, you know, I don't think there's one fund manager out there I can point to that's been built, you know, in a day or a year. Even even when someone is fortunate enough to be in a position where they go out and raise a fund in six months and they raise a billion dollar fund, there's still lots of growing pains in that business. You know, how to think about strategically um, all the aspects that come in as a rents of people, strategy, um, you know, relationships with investors, um, and you know, I think that's one of the things that I've seen most over the years working with so many entrepreneurial managers um, is um, all the coaching that goes around, um, you know, partnering and growing that business. That's a big part of what we do. In fact, that's the reason why as we grew our business, um, you know, it's interesting we've kind of gone full circle. When I started the business in 2011, the whole idea was to find seeding strategies to partner with early stage managers. Um, and I um, and I was in the placement business before, and after a year of my own entrepreneurial ventures, found myself back in the placement business focusing on up-and-coming managers. Um, fast forward today, we're doing both of those things again, but it is one of those things where, um, you know, there, there's just so much that goes into it, um, where, 
we've been providing you know, strategic advice and helping managers source deals and source people. And that's how our ecosystem got built because we were doing a lot of that just by being in, you know, being a good partner, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, helping our grow our clients' businesses. That's how our verticals ultimately formed and when the ecosystem got created because um, we were in this environment where we were just finding ourselves trying to help our clients in any way we can uh, grow their business at an early stage. But what's your passion? What do you love about what you do? Is it bringing the people together? Is it you know closing that deal, moving that? Like what? Is, what do you love about what you're doing right now? You know, I I've always been someone who has always wanted to build something, right? I, I've always had this fascination with maps and Legos as a kid, and um, you know, you're a Jersey girl. I'm a Jersey boy. I could tell you every exit off the you know Garden State Parkway. Um, even to this day, um, which is crazy since I live in Chicago, but um, the um, I've always loved the idea of partnering with people um, and, and growing something. Um, and, I, and it's funny, I was reflecting on this recently, you know, because we launched our executive search practice um, last year. Um, one of my college roommates actually, you know, said to me, um, back in the day, he said, Glick, you'd be the best Jerry Maguire, but not for sports, which is so true. Um, and that's, um, uh, there's something to say about that. That's partly why we got in the search business is, you know, I've, I've always been a natural connector. Um, I love interacting with people, right? Like my adrenaline rush is when I'm out there actually going out and, you know, working with a client and getting on the road and pitching to a meeting. Um, and, you know, the people aspect of the business is something that really is something I enjoy. Um, I love the bricks and sticks too, because you know, again, just being that you know tangibility and map component and geographic nature that I've always had since I was two. Um, but the uh, real driver for me is that connecting point. So it might be why we connect so much, because I'm about people as well. That's one of my passions. You know, and by the way, real estate's a people business. Like the the one thing that is um, is fascinating, and we see this all the time, right? You know, we get pitch books. All you know, we always tell. Um, people that you know, pitch book has a lot of different purposes, but we'll, we'll get we get pitch books every day, and you know we'll do our three minute flip of the pitch book, and it doesn't tell the story of you know uh, you know who, what, when, where, why, right? And um, you know that is um, you know that that's one of the things we help do because at the other day people are investing in people, right? It is you know, and, and, and I do have a different perspective on that, I think, compared to other real estate entrepreneurs because my entire career, whether as a principal or an advisor, I've been in the business of underwriting real estate people who invest in real estate. Are you feeling like the market, I know we said it's a down market and there's some changes. Are you getting more books? You know, you talked about pitch books. Are you getting less? So um, in, in terms of the number of managers we're seeing, we, we always are constantly getting calls from people saying, oh, we want to go raise a fund. The one thing that has shifted is we get a call almost daily now from someone who is either thinking about doing a spin-out fund or spinning out of their own shop or thinking about that next step. Um, and what's great about our ecosystem is often that conversation is one and the same, right? It might be someone who's spinning out of a mega fund who's thinking about going and launching their own fund. It might be They might be looking for just a new role. It's always something to vet as part of the discussion with them. It might be someone we can partner with as principals to help, you know, get their platform off the ground. So um, that we're seeing more of today than we've seen for the past couple of years because, again, as we go through the cycle, um, 
you know, the golden handcuffs of things like carried interest have been taken off. Um, we've got demographics at play, and things are structurally broken. And, and those who, um, you know, are willing to, to put in the effort and be aggressive and, um, and hustle, you know, there's rewards to that. Or people who can think outside of the box and find ways to create value where other people's can't. Because you sit there in the market and you say, what is really happening? Are people afraid to get out and do their own thing and be that entrepreneur? And hearing you say, we're getting more than we ever have, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, that said, it's harder than ever to raise funds. It's harder to raise capital. Um, more no's. Sometimes it's not bad. You know, absolutely. And one of the, one of the things that is, is also interesting is the fact that, um, you know, we get this all the time, you know, where we'll sit down with someone, especially on the, the um, uh, especially on the job candidate side with, you know, some of my colleagues that focus on search, um, you know, someone says, oh, you know, oh, I'm looking for the next opportunity. And, um, you know, and, and they can say, well, I want to do something more entrepreneurial. My response to that's very simple as an entrepreneur. I say, fine, I'll give you a phone. I'll give you a desk. I'll give you a business card and open up my Rolodex. Um, no paycheck. And I'll take a, and I'll find a way to partner with you and, you know, maybe have a little economics and, you know, with you on something. Oh, I can't do that. I need a paycheck. Right. Um, but one of the things I think is interesting, though, today is that they're actually, unlike in the last cycle, there are actually so many more opportunities for a next generation manager to create a platform and have capital early stage. That's not a fund. Right. Because there's there has in the, over the past decade, there's been an influx of platform investors, GP capital, seeders um, to a much more different scale than it existed um, 20 years ago when I was doing entity level real estate investing. For someone out there in the market, doing what they're doing, what would you suggest that they might do differently? Um, or maybe they're not thinking about, it's not top of mind. Yeah, that's a great, uh, so what would you suggest? That's a great question, Sarah. I think one of the things that you know, we often see is you know, everyone out there spending time, wanting to build relationships. Um, I think there's a really a couple things. One is um, refine your story, right? Think about what is you know, your story and why you're unique. You know, I tell all of my clients that they have to answer what I call the four questions, and, 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 and they're not the four questions that you know, I grow up with of you know, why is tonight different than any other night, um, but it's the four questions of what is your macro strategy, what is your micro strategy, what am I providing that I am not getting elsewhere, and then why now slash why hire me, right? That's what we tell our clients to do in a pitch, in effect. And um, the reality is that um, that's one component, right? Think about what the story is. Um, and then the second thing is use your networks, right? You know, real estate's a people network. Um, one of the most fascinating things I've always felt, just being a connector in the industry, is that people don't know their peers. We are constantly connecting LPs to LPs, right? You know, that might be looking at the same sector. We are constantly connecting operators to other operators that might be doing the same thing. Um, it was always fascinating, even from a job searching standpoint. We've often talked to candidates, um, or you know, I'd sit down and have a coffee with somebody who's networking, and they might work at X shop, and they don't know who X's competitors are when they're looking for a new job because everyone's in that one vertical. So, you know, I think it's very important to realize that your peers are your greatest resource. You know, in growing my business, my peers in the industry and in, in the placement business have been some of my greatest resources. Um, and, um, you know, we see that with entrepreneurs. I think one of the things that we did, and we've, we've actually looked to solve this problem, um, you know, we our core uh, client is that $300 million younger manager raising their second fund. Right? Well, we talk to all of them regularly, but they don't talk to each other. So then they're asking us questions of what is everybody else doing? 
Um, and from that standpoint, it's actually really helpful to, to get rid of the us as the intermediary. I only have so much time in the day. Um, and, and in fact, that's actually one, that was one of the core drivers of our own um, Entrepreneur Summit that um, EA is graciously a sponsor of, um, where we are putting, um, it's called Real, Real Estate Entrepreneurs and Leaders, where we're putting um, these up and coming fund managers in the room, um, not as a marketing conference, not as a fundraising conference, but more of a strategy discussion on the challenges of growing your business and using your peers as a resource. It's all content, it's all peer driven content to um, allow for people to utilize their networks to understand how, um, you know, uh, understand where they can create value and how they can grow their business. Because I think one of the things that, you know, the challenges of being an entrepreneur is you always feel alone in what you're doing. Um, and, you know, if you put a, a bunch of folks just like you in the room together, you no longer feel that way. Thank you to our listeners for joining our podcast today with Jonathan and myself. Subscribe to stay notified in what's happening in the real estate market on past podcasts as well as new releases.